keep singing that song all night. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to be with all of you. Um, this, uh, this week, just a few days ago, I was teaching a class of first and second graders, and I did a quick poll, a quick survey, and asked them, which is your favorite? Is it Christmas Eve or is it Christmas Day? And it all came down to what? It came down to when do you open the most presents, right? And so for most of them, they said, we only get to open one on Christmas Eve. And many said Christmas Day, that's when the presents rain down. So that's our favorite day. But I know there are some exciting things awaiting you this evening, maybe a present, maybe more than that. And it's, it's grateful. Thank you for being here with us. We are going to take a moment to briefly reflect on the text that we just read from John chapter 1. The Gospel of John, it's probably the clearest place in the Bible where the meaning of Christmas is just stated outright and plainly. What is it? The birth of Jesus is the birth of God into the world as a human being. In verse 14, we just read it. John said in chapter 1, the word, this word who was with God in the beginning, this word who was God, this word became flesh and dwelt among us. The infinite became finite. The immortal became mortal. The eternal entered into time. The invisible became visible. The almighty became weak and small. This word who spoke all things into existence couldn't speak a word. This word who created all things, his only word could be a cry. As one theologian said, nothing in fiction is so fantastic as the truth of the incarnation, the word made flesh. At Christmas, we tell all kinds of fantastic stories we tell stories about a reindeer. This reindeer has a red nose. It lights up and it saves Christmas, right? It's one of my favorites. We tell a story about a snowman, a snowman who came to life and who just kind of had uh, a fun party around town with children. We tell that story. We tell the story of, of a human being that was raised by elves. That's one of my favorite Christmas stories. Or a Scrooge who was visited by ghosts. None of these made-up stories comes even close to what the Bible says is true about what God became at Christmas. One of the things you should know about this is this. How, this is how utterly unlikely it was in the first century for anyone to dream this up, to think this up, or even to want to make this up. You could argue that it's even more unlikely than today. The Greeks and Romans of the time, they would not have. For them, the word, they had a word for the word. It was logos. It's the same word that John uses here. The logos for them was the rationality. It was the spirituality that got you out of this world. It was the truth you needed to escape your physical existence. It was the spiritual reality that would get you out of this physical, broken world. So for them to say the word became flesh would be completely backwards. And for a Jewish person of the day, the creator was always and forever distinct and above his creation. For the word to become flesh for them would have been blasphemy. 
The Word of God, they would have thought, can come through people, but the Word of God, the eternal Word of God, can never become a person. That would have been unheard of. But here, John, the disciple of Jesus, says it's true. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Tonight, I want to look at how this fantastic truth of Christmas answers three of our biggest struggles with God. Just briefly, three brief reflections. First, have you ever felt this? Have you ever felt like, God, I don't know if you're there? Not just if you call yourself or count yourself an agnostic or a skeptic. At some level, this happens to everyone. It's one of our biggest struggles with God. We talk about this a lot at our home. Why, why is it that we can talk to God? We pray to God. We tell our kids, pray to God. Talk to God about that. But they say, I am, and he's not talking back to me. He seems so silent. We pray out loud. We speak to God. But we don't hear anything back. And we say, God, are you there? Now, we found out a few weeks ago that's, that Santa has his cell phone line. Uh, it's online, and you can look up his cell phone line. You can call it. And then you can hear his voice and leave him a message. So we did that. It was pretty cool to hear his voice. Don't we all have moments, wherever we are in our faith, where we feel like that would be nice? If I could just call a line and hear a voice speaking to me and maybe just leave a message, that would be something. But our passage says Christmas gives us something far better than this. You know, if you want to communicate with a person, what do you do? Say, well, we I send a text. You know, or I send an emoji or I send an email or I call them or even better, I do a video chat with them. But still, the best way to communicate with someone, the best form of communication we still have is person to person, face to face, to sit down with someone. Not just a quick hello, passing someone in the hallway, but to dwell with another person, to have coffee, to share a meal. At Christmas, God wants to speak to us. The Word became flesh. Why? The Word, the voice, the speech of God. Why? Because He so wants to tell us, I am here. I am speaking. Here's what, I buy, but here's what I've been trying to tell you all along. It's here in person. It's me in person to dwell with you. I've come as close as I possibly could to dwell with you, to tell you I am here. Have you ever felt like this? God, I think I believe you're there, but I don't know if you really care if you really care about what's going on all around me, what's going on inside of me. I'm not sure if you really understand. Well, think about this. What does it take to really understand another person? If you really want to understand someone else, what do you need to do? You have to be a great listener, right? You can't want to interject your thoughts right into the, <laughs> into the conversation. You have to turn off that thing that says, oh, I need to respond. I need to talk really quick. You have to listen. You have to be patient. Beyond that, you need sympathy. You need to feel along with other people. And beyond that, if you have empathy, if you can feel the same thing 
that they're feeling, feeling alongside them. That will lead to someone feeling understood. But sometimes, despite someone's best efforts to do all of those things, we still feel like you're not getting the point. (laughs) Are you really listening? I don't know if you really understand me. My oldest son for high school's reading To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee has reminded me of a great character in that book, Atticus Finch. He says this line in the book, this advice. He says, if you can learn a simple trick, you'll get along better with all kinds of folks. You never really understand a person until you consider things from their point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. The truth of Christmas at the heart of Christianity is that the word became flesh. He climbed into our skin. That God understands us from the inside. He climbed into our skin and walked around in it. Not just the good parts, all the parts. Our loneliness, our fears, our temptations, and our frailty. That's the claim of Christmas. God has climbed into our skin. He's walked around in it. And it all started as he climbed into the skin of this little helpless baby to tell us, I know and I understand you from the inside. One of our biggest struggles with God is we don't sometimes feel like he's there. Sometimes we feel like he's there, but does he really understand and care about me? Lastly, have you ever felt like this? God, I don't understand you. You are there. Maybe I understand that you care about me, but I'm having a hard time understanding you. Despite studying the Bible and theology as I have, as a vocation for about 20 years, I feel this still. Sometimes it's true, the more we know, the less we understand. Or if we feel like we know just a little bit, even the little bit is hard for us to understand. And even when it's hard for us to sort it all out, Christmas is saying we can understand God because he became flesh and dwelt among us. In verse 18 of John chapter 1, it says, no one has seen God. The only one who has seen God is his only son. And he came and he revealed God to us. That word for revealed is a really incredible word. We get the word exegesis, which means explain. It's saying that Jesus, the word made flesh, is the final interpretation, the best and fullest explanation of God. Now, we, we talked about what do we need to do to understand somebody else, but what if you want someone to understand you? What do you need to do? You have to explain yourself to them, right? Since we're all human beings We have some level of understanding with each other because we know, I guess I can kind of understand where you're coming from because we're we're both humans. I can understand you at a basic level. But if you really want someone to understand you from the insides, what's going on, you have to explain. There's no other way. How much more so for God? As human beings, we have no way of understanding the eternal, the almighty God. Unless he explains himself to us. Think about it. If there's a God who made everything, who is above all, who is the creator of all things, would we be able to explain him using 
our thoughts and our ideas? Who can explain God to us? Only God can. And that is what God has done in Jesus. Jesus, God's final and full interpretation and explanation. But what does Jesus explain to us about God? Many things we could say. But here John summarizes it all in two words. And he repeats it twice so we won't miss it. He says, Jesus explains that God is full of grace and full of truth. How can that be, that God is full of grace and full of truth? We may know some people who are full of truth. They're very honest. They're very straightforward. They're very blunt. And there's something great about that. We may know people who are full of grace. They're so kind and understanding and compassionate. And there's something great about that. But it's very rare to know someone who is full of grace and full of truth. For God, he is not part grace and part truth. He is always 100% grace and 100% truth. But think about this. Final thought here. Why did the word have to become flesh to explain this to us? Why couldn't God just tell us? Why did he have to become flesh? Two reasons. First, it was the only way we could bear the full weight of the truth. It's the only way we could bear the full weight of the truth that we and the world we live in are more broken than we would ever want to see, that we are more sinful and needy than we will ever know. That's the truth. There's no way we can fix the world. There's no way we can fix ourselves or do anything to earn our way back to dwell with God. And Jesus explained this to us by becoming flesh so he could dwell with us and die for us. Flesh is killable. Flesh is vulnerable. The word became vulnerable and killable because God in the flesh on the cross shows us the truth we can't bear, that this is what our sin deserves. But at the same time, the word became flesh because it was the only way we would believe the full extent of his grace. God came to take our place. He takes our sin. He takes the curse. He takes the judgment and the darkness so we can receive the gift of dwelling with him, of life, of redemption. Jesus explained this to us by becoming flesh to take our place because we would never believe the full extent of his grace apart from that. Tonight and tomorrow, we will receive gifts. And you know what? I'm sorry I have to say this, but this is true. No matter how many we get, no matter how awesome they are and how happy we are and how it's the perfect gift that we've always ever wanted, in about three days, we'll say, I want another one. I want something else. It'll happen to all of us. And here's the truth of Christmas. Here's the full extent of the grace of God that Jesus has come to explain to us. The final interpretation of God. With God, there is always more gifts. Gifts upon gifts 
upon gifts. John says, grace upon grace, when we receive Jesus, that is what we get from God. He takes the full extent of the truth of what we deserve. We receive grace upon grace upon grace. Apart from him giving us himself, we would never believe it. So my friends, this Christmas, the word became flesh. Though sometimes you don't feel like it, God is there. He came to dwell with us. He's shouting us, he's shouting at us in Jesus, saying, I'm here, I know you from the inside, and I care about you. And when nothing else makes sense, you can know there is grace upon grace upon grace for you in Jesus. Let's pray.